Well, good morning and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. And this is Ted, and I think Austin's just joined us. Austin, are you with me? I am with you. I had a little issue with my connection there. I've got it worked out. And yes, absolutely welcome to the worldwide broadcast, bringing you the latest world news and health research. And again, thank you for supporting the show and continually getting the truth out there with us every single day. Hope everybody is having a fantastic week so far. And as you guys know, the product of the week, I'm bringing it up to you every day. You voted it won the vitamin C formula on sale right now. So be sure to check that out if you want to look up any specials and stuff on it be sure to check it up right now at healthmasters.com as vitamin c is on sale i think for like 12 or 13 percent off as product of the week so i did a big sale on it for everyone so be sure to take advantage of that special right now with everything that's going on you know it's interesting i was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he was talking about how the the markets and all these things are doing really strange things right now and i talked to you guys yesterday about what's been going on with the debt scenario with the united states and you know they're saying by 2028 the entire world gdp is essentially you know 100 percent of the world debt's going to be as much as the gdp of the whole world i mean this isn't sustainable as far as what they're doing and he was talking about how these shortages and price hikes on everything are becoming such a normal scenario as far as in the United States and so many things are starting to go up more and more and more and more. But at the same time, there's certain things that are just not, you know, not not equated with what's happening. And that's why they're pushing so many agendas right now to try to essentially get people to fall in line with the narrative that they keep telling everyone while at the same time, they don't listen or do anything that they say they're going to do with these banker boys and everyone that are these world elites, so to speak with the world economic forum. It's always these rules for thee and not for me. For example, I've told you guys that with like the EV sector, there's an article that just came out on the Breitbart and it talked about how EV vehicles across the United States are piling up on the lot as American consumers are continually buying traditional gas-powered cars at faster rates. So according to the journalist, despite major investments from the federal government to EVs, Americas are not warming up to the green energy agenda. They said a result, electric cars and trucks are continually piling up with inventory, causing auto companies to reassess their investment plans. They said it takes a dealership almost a month longer now, almost 30 days longer to sell an EV vehicle compared to a gasoline vehicle. Diesel vehicles are, I mean, they're, they're like, they don't even stay around when they show up. They're pretty much, they show up and they're gone. A lot of the diesel vehicles now that are being so limited on production, people have to order them, wait for them for months. When they show up, they're already pre-sold. It's interesting. It says here now, it said, aside from the lack of electric charging stations and reliability issues that are plaguing the EV market, the cost of EV remains a prime reason why Americans are choosing gas-powered as EV cars, even with their massive rebates, government subsidies, federal discounts, and all the stuff they keep doing, the cost of usage is not what everybody thought it would be. You know, and I told you guys before, there's that article that came out of Texas, and it talked about how their individuals that were doing the math on it, and when you factor in the charging and the cost of getting chargers and the increased maintenance costs and tires and all these other things you have to constantly keep doing with the cost of the vehicle. They said on average you're paying about $13 a gallon for gas for that vehicle as far as over a short period of time because these vehicles are not what everybody thought they would be, especially when you start putting them under load or start driving them more aggressively or put a trailer like uh, behind them. 
the range goes to absolutely nothing, while at the same time we're being told this is what you have to do in order to keep everything green. So this is why I've told you guys, and I've said this repeatedly on the show, and I'm glad to see this. this is why I want to bring this up. Everybody has to reach a point now, especially with what the monetary system is doing and what the value of the dollar is doing. You have to vote with your dollar on what you're going to support, what you're going to buy, and what you're going to continue to contribute to because Americans have the ability to change things very, very rapidly if they decide to. Americans have the ability to go in and actually make huge change with the amount of people we still have in this country and the amount of money that's still circulating. We can elicit enormous change for good and or for bad, just depending on what you want to support. And essentially, at the end of the day, money does make the world go round. It's a tool. And so when you have it, or you're getting some, or you're buying something, make sure you're doing an educated you know, decision on what you're going to support. And do you want to support a system that's designed to try to continually enslave people? I posted yesterday on the website. It should be up there. The shot basically from the F-150 Lightning. So your update did not, you know, it did not download properly. You're no longer able to drive your vehicle. Go contact Ford for tow service, bring in for service. Done. The car's done because it, it didn't get an update with the internet system. That's just a small, small, small smidgen of what you're going to start seeing with these things. So something to be aware of that. It's continued to really understand what's happening also to another news i was looking here it's talking about the alarming decline of u.s munitions and it said u.s weapon makers are overwhelmed and struggling to meet ukraine's consumption of their artillery rounds during its peak counteroffensive fighting it goes on to say here now the pentagon is tacked into a stockpile of the americans 155 150 millimeter rounds that have gone to israel and also sent hundreds of thousands more to ukraine the rounds are continually being dispersed and basically between small arms and large arms and everything. And what's happening is now we're using these proxy wars, this entire genocide of the Palestinian country with what they're doing over there and shelling everything indiscriminately, which that's a whole other story. And what's going on in this continual theater in Ukraine as an excuse to burn through ammunition and burn through weapon systems so that we can sit there and say we don't have any more. We need to boost them up with the military-industrial complex, but at the same time, trying to short, short the civilian market on small arms. Because what we've seen now, this whole thing with Ukraine, is that it's turning into essentially a a genocide of the Ukrainian population. I mean, this is all it's turning into now. They're they're literally just indiscriminately allowing troops to be killed. I told you guys some of the videos that I've seen, some of the stuff that got leaked out from drone footage from some of these guys that were going out having to sweep landmines by hand, you know, with like these metal detectors and these Ukrainian soldiers that are 18, 19, 20 years old. I'm just getting their legs blown off. It was, it was horrific graphic video, so I didn't post it on the website. I'm not trying to put that out there. But I was looking at it. I'm like, what are we, what are we in 1905? I mean, we're sweeping for landmines by hand on these streets, you know, with metal detectors. I mean, we got all types of mine-resistant armor personnel carriers and mine-sweeping systems with MRAPs that all have huge attachments to them. And we're sending guys out over in Ukraine with, like, metal detectors. Where's all the money going? Because obviously it's not being used on any significant equipment. Now they're saying over here in Ukraine that Ukrainian's parliamentary national secretary committee is now saying that conscripting the 500,000 young men is not enough. And Ukraine needs to attract another 2 million, or better still, the governor suggested that Kiev should look to mobilize the country's entire population 
of 40 million people claiming that the fight against Russia is similar to World War II. This is insane to me. So they're saying this here now, conscripting essentially the entire population of Ukraine is what's going to be needed to fight against Russia. This is nothing more than wiping out an entire country so they can come in and rebuild it in the way they want to with BlackRock and State Street. Remember, I already told you guys this. BlackRock already has the contract now to come in and build Ukraine, rebuild it up. I mean, it's going to be like a multi, multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar rebuild of the country so they can do essentially what they want with it, and the population just needs to go somewhere else. And so what better way to wipe them out during a war? And this has always been what's used by governments all across the globe for centuries upon centuries is men in war simply are just fodder. They don't care. There's, the death count doesn't matter. The death toll doesn't matter. It's an easy way to keep the aggressive male population at bay and make sure you can control the population by essentially killing huge swaths of them. We saw that in World War One and World War Two. We saw that, in, you know, basically it, uh, uh, it over there in with Vietnam. And I mean, these things are ridiculous. And so you got to start asking yourself the question: At what extent is this going to continue in Ukraine, and how long are people going to go along with it? And apparently. They're not planning on letting it you know, stop at all. They're going to keep pushing it. Also, too, on the other side of the pond over here in, in the United States, this is interesting. Two Republican House representatives and multiple conservative commentators were the targets of swatting efforts over the Christmas holiday. Swatting is a malicious act where false reports of violence are illegally made in bad faith by criminal actors promoting police to essentially deploy a SWAT team on their home. Representative Major Marjorie Taylor Greene was swatted on Thursday on December 1st and again on Christmas Day, making it the eighth time she's had a SWAT team at her house. She received a death threat where this man said basically he was basically going to be shot by her and essentially a SWAT team deployed out. This is the eighth time she's had SWAT team at her house. Another time was on Christmas Day, and essentially what's happening is now you're finding that these individuals are using this as a tool – and apparently they can never figure out who's calling in this stuff. Representative Brandon Williams was also swatted on Christmas Day. Thanks to deputies and troops who contacted them while they were arriving, they essentially were able to defuse the situation because they're starting to find out that law enforcement is being used as a weapon to essentially go after anyone that questions the narrative. And obviously these guys are a little bit more high profile, so you know law enforcement was aware of it when they got there. However, how many times has this happened with – just normal civilians that don't know what's going on. We've talked about no-knock search warrants, and you know, um, there's been a lot of discussions on them on how legal they are, especially in certain cases where some of the information may not be as accurate as it should be. So again, something to kind of realize with the deep state that they're trying to do and they've been doing for a long time and using this as a tool to control populations. And so it's something that, you know, when you talk about it, it's got to be addressed. And again, it's that's why it's always nice to know some local law enforcement, have an understanding and a continual effort and conversations with them. So at least with something does occur like this, where you have false allegations, a lot of times they'll come in and say, okay, listen, we know these individuals, let's contact them first before we just start deploying teams out to go knock on people's houses at 4 a.m. and batter their front door in. Just something I thought I would throw out there because you're probably going to see this more and more as a lot of these hardcore leftists are becoming essentially so so aggressive in trying to push their agenda. So something I thought I would throw out this morning. Dad, what do you think and how's your morning? Oh, morning's doing absolutely wonderful, Austin. I mean, you think about it for a second, though. I mean, if a person has security personnel in their house, 
All right. Let's see. Let's say some person from Congress, it doesn't matter who it is, or from Senate or, from, or Supreme Court justice or whatever, who's a Republican or who's a hardcore you know, conservative or whatever, has security personnel stationed outside. And these law enforcement personnel that are doing the SWAT sneak up in the middle of the night and all black, you know, with machine guns. And they don't identify themselves properly. There could be a big gunfight going on. I mean, it could be a mess. And, uh, you know, it's crazy that this woman's had, you know, you know, multiple SWAT raids coming into her house all the time. I mean, it's sad for her. But, you know, we've got to ask yourself a question. You know, why is this system broken like it is? And the biggest problem is this no-knock search warrant stuff that you and I have talked about. That's how the SWAT guys get killed, too. That's how everybody gets shot because everybody on the inside thinks they're being raided by some other gang or whatever. So it turns into a real mess. I mean, think about it. You're 3 o'clock in the morning. You got your security system turned on. You got your, you got your deadbolts locked. You're sleeping. And all of a sudden, somebody knocks the front door in and doesn't identify themselves. What are you going to do if you've got a pistol or a shotgun by the bed? You're going to immediately you know, lock and load. You're going to be ready to go. And, and that's the problem is that that's how these police officers get shot. And then all of a sudden, there's, then they shoot the police officer by mistake. And all of a sudden, now 25 SWAT guys unload with you know, fully automatic weapons into the guy. Now he's dead in his own house. This has happened, by the way, when they've gone into the, the wrong home and raided the wrong house. And the guy basically tried to defend himself. And so all of this stuff is crazy when you think about the police state that we have. You know, A lot of these guys have gone into Israel now. They've been trained by the Israeli Defense Forces. You know, it's, it's commonplace for entire police departments to start sending their people over there to get trained, you know, because Israel basically runs around with machine guns everywhere. I mean, I, I've been in Israel. I've been in Jerusalem. I've been all over. The, I've been all over the world. And it's shocking to me how these guys are standing on the street corners, you know, with M16 machine guns everywhere, you know, with 30 round clips, you know, with another, another magazine, you know, taped to the other clips. So they can flip it around to the roll of 60 rounds of machine gun fire. And, and they're everywhere. They're like, they were, when I was there, they were like on every street corner. Also, when he saw it. And then and when you go to Italy, same thing. They're sitting there with MRAPs, and, and they're standing out front with MRAPs with full machine guns and attack dogs. I remember the first time I went to Germany with my dad, I remember I was walking through the airport, and here are these guys walking around with machine guns and, you know, and dogs everywhere. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I said, why is it like this? Why is this a police state? Well, of course, Germany is an occupied state. It has been since World War II. And we just have to realize, you know, what's going on over there. Now, let's go back to the Ukraine story that I also talked about to start with. People are now saying this is a systematic destruction of the population of Ukraine. Now, let's stop for one second here. I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. And let's, let's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going in now, and I'm not going to say this is fact. I'm just saying this seems odd to me. You know, we had the Nazis in Ukraine that were still there, you know, when this war started. I mean, they were running swastikas. I mean, they're running, you know, they're doing Zig Heils. I mean, they're the, they're, they're the entire groups that are basically Nazified and have been in Ukraine since World War II. And also, you know, Russia absolutely hated the Nazis. I mean, they hated them. I mean, that's one of the Stalin's big thing was to get rid of the Nazis and, you know, to kill Hitler and kill the German people and everything else. I mean, when they came into Germany after, during, at the end of World War II, the German soldiers, not the German soldiers, but the Russian soldiers would rape all the women they could find. And I, I'm sorry if this is this is just when this is just turned into an R-rated show. Keep your kids off the rest of this now for the next few minutes. And my my, my parents, my, my they they told me this. My grandfather told me all the stuff that they would come in, especially in the eastern part near Berlin, you know, where they didn't have the American presence yet, and they would take women who were pregnant and they would cut their nipples off, okay, and, you know, with a razor knife or, or you know or, or with a bayonet. So that when that woman would give birth to that child, she couldn't feed the child, and the child would starve to death. 
they would rape them and pillage them and just just I mean it was unbelievable what the Russians did to to the Germans because they hated the Nazis so much and the Nazis hated the Russians too. And if you start reading World War II literature, you start seeing this. And what this was was a conflict of social standards and norms. Russia had accepted, you know, communism. It was a long civil war over ten years, and Stalin and Lenin and all the rest of these guys were running around killing. You know, they killed fifty thousand Orthodox priests in Russia to secularize the country, and they and they were forcing all these kids into the school systems, telling them that there was no God. And so there was an ideology, ideological difference between the two countries. And that's why the Frankfurt School got started, because they couldn't figure out this, this, this Russian group think tank is what they were. And they were primarily all Jewish intellectuals, and they were at Goethe University in Frankfurt. And they started the Frankfurt School to try to determine why they would not accept communism into, into Germany, because they couldn't figure out how to do it. And I told you before that a lot of Germans had gone to America after the Civil War, and they had written home and told everybody how this was the land flowing with milk and honey, and they could do anything they wanted to do, and they weren't going to be constrained by social norms or standards or the caste system or the hierarchy or the monarchy or all the rest of the stuff that had been there with Kaiser and all the rest of it. So the Germans were all about coming to the United States and having free enterprise and turning Germany into a free republic, into a place where they could do the same thing they were doing in America, which was the city on the hill. Germany had one had nothing to do because Germans are really hardworking people. I know. I, I, that's how I was raised. I started working when I was like eight years old. And, and the, the truth is, is that the, the, the Russians at that point, when Hitler came into power in 33, these guys at Goethe University had to flee to Switzerland. And they went to Columbia University and brought in cultural Marxism into the United States. And at that point in time, they filtered throughout the entire university systems. But I won't go into detail on that today. But what happened was this. These Russians and these Germans hated each other. Well, the Ukrainian, basically, Nazis were part of the offshoot of Hitler's ideology, and, the, and they've been there for 70 years, and Russia doesn't get along with them. Now, here's the question that I ask, the rhetorical question that I have no answer to, right? Is this the reason that you know, we, we've, got, you know, we've got Vladimir Putin going along with this farce that he's done? Was it was this all about the expansion of the Greater Israel program? Gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this into Ukraine, which I've read a lot about that they want to take that the Rothschild banking cartel wants Ukraine as another place to live because it's much more beautiful than Israel because Israel's primarily a land full of rocks. If you've ever been there, it's just really dry, like desert area. They want to take over the Ukrainian area as they want to they expand this greater project they've got. So is this a purge now? And I'm asking this question. You guys can send me emails on this at askdrtedb at yahoo.com. See what you think about this. Is this a purge of the Ukrainian Nazis, which had infiltrated the entire society, and basically a destruction of the country so that these projects can continue and that these people that are Nazis will be eliminated once and for all in the eyes of the communists? Do you understand the reasoning here? Is that why Putin's doing it? Putin could have gone into Ukraine and gone in there within 90 days and, done, and been done with it, and there would not have been anywhere near the civilian casualty count. Now we're starting to find out that you know, the, the civilian count is extremely high. Like Austin said, now they're going to be conscripting everybody. Now, whether all this is true or not, I don't know. I spoke to another person from Moldova the other day, and she said that she has been in contact with her friends, and they've heard the shelling and the bombing, and they've heard that. Now, she's not heard it personally because she's from Moldova. But she has friends that have heard the shelling of the bombing and over the area where they basically in that Donbass region where they were shelling them for the last eight years. The Ukrainians were shelling the Russians. It's just a mess. So what's going on here? 
is this another genocide of the people? Is this a reverse, how should I say, you know, destruction of these other Germans or Nazis or Ukrainians who followed the ideology of Hitler? Is that why they're doing this? I don't know. I just know that the hatred 100 years ago between the Germans and the Russians was beyond belief. And that's the irony of the thing, because Russia and Germany had this, you know, no, non-aggression pact. And then when Russia, when Germany went into Poland to get back part of the land that was taken during the Versailles Treaty, Russia invaded the other side of Poland. And Germany and Poland went together and invaded Poland. Germany and Russia went together to invade Poland. And England had a treaty with Poland as far as, you know, you know, you know so they got attacked and they would attack the people that were attacking them. But England only declared war on Germany and not on Russia. Then you come back and you realize that Stalin, okay, and Churchill, you know, and Truman and Roosevelt were all high-level Masons. So you start thinking to yourself, what the heck are we doing here? Is this all the machinations behind the scene? And then we got so much of the other stuff pushing Zionism to this recapture of the state of Israel through the Balfour Declaration from World War One. This thing was a giant chess game. Like people always said, Donald Trump played multiple multiple dimensional chess. That was a not that was nonsense. But the reality is, is that is this what happened here? The machinations behind the scene. So we stop and we go, wait a minute. This world is so strange, and why is it like this? So that's the rhetorical question I'm asking. Was this a systematic destruction of the population that rid Duquesne of the Nazis once and for all, which allowed Russia to come in and do what they did and allow the greater Israel expansion for the Rothschild banking cartel, which also controls the Bank of Russia? Is this what's happening right now? And have they made Vladimir Putin immensely wealthy? And they've also used what's happening here. It's not World War Three. They've used what's happening here to ship munitions all over the world to create greater instability all over the world. We know that is an absolute fact so that when they decide to unleash their horde when they're going to unleash the kraken so to speak and and start these these operation gladios and condors all over the world to have unbelievable chaos because out of chaos will come their new world order so this is just the machinations that i'm thinking through the morning of what the, these guys could be doing and of course i could be completely wrong on all of this stuff it's pure speculation on my part but it just seems strange to me that all this is happening and you know it's like a continuation of just the war against germany and russia with the destruction of the nazi regimes i mean they, they had entire divisions over there groups that were running around running with swastikas at the beginning and it made the news to start with but then suddenly it no longer made the news because we were supposed to support ukraine and ukraine were the ones that were supporting the nazis and of course when you got that then you got the then you got the crazy you know Zelensky over there running around playing pianos with his private parts running around in high heels and leathers dancing who was a comedian and again, this is a degradation. It's all a degradation of who we are as a world and who we are as a country. The, the entities that run us, you know, they think that they can do anything they want to do, and it's okay. They think that they can give us leaders like Barack Obama, who's, who's homosexual, and his wife, who's a man, and they can say to us, ha ha, look what we're doing to you. You're so incredibly stupid. Or ha ha, Joe Biden spends 40% of his time on vacation. Because we can't put him in front of people because he'll make more gaffes and make people realize that he's not in charge. Or, ha-ha, we're going to put somebody as unbelievably stupid as George W. Bush who goes, yeah, you're either with the terrorists or you're with us. <laughs> you know, or they're, they're going to give us that. Or, or they're going to give us Trump who can't keep his mouth shut, who wants to be the most pro-gay homosexual administration in the history of the White House and gives us Operation Warp Speed, which everybody forgets about that. Okay, or they want to give us George George H, who basically was the head of the CIA, or we can go with with with, with Clinton, with Monica Lewinsky. I, I tell you, I did not have sex with that woman, or whatever he said. I mean, unbelievable. 
and we have that mess, and then we got Hillary running her dog on witches covered out in California, and it just goes on and on. And then we get Ronald Reagan, who tries to do what's right, and he gets shot 30, 40 days in the office, and he basically kept it on drugs the whole time, and George H. is running the White House. And let us not forget about Jimmy Carter with the double-digit inflation, and let's not forget about Richard Nixon. I'm not a crook. I'm not a crook. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. You're a crook. And then you go, then you go back to Lyndon Johnson, who used to bring his private parts out and lay them on the table and tell everybody, you know, who he was and how great of a macho guy he was with his unbelievably filthy language and rhetoric. That was Lyndon Johnson. Or let's go back to the real president, John F. Kennedy, who said he was going to be basically exposing the secret society and explaining who they were, and they used covert covet means in order to run the world, and that he was going to expose them before he got out of office and make sure that this country was free of that, and they decided to blow his head off on national TV. Why don't we talk about that? And then we just go on, we go, we go keep on going back. So we had two presidents, Kennedy and you know, Reagan, who were pretty decent. And then you got to go back, way back, to find another one who's not a Mason, who's not doing crazy stuff. All of this stuff is the machinations behind the scenes. So that they, we get, they pick who they want to have as president. They pick who they want to have at the highest levels, and then they support them, give them unlimited bandwidth now as far as the Internet or unlimited campaign contributions in order to have huge TV ads and radio ads all over the place, which is what they used to do, that nobody can compete against it. So now it ends up costing a billion dollars to run for president. Who can afford that? And it goes on and on. And you think to yourself, well, this is, this is just, just crazy that we've got this stuff. But they've got to degrade. They've got to degrade the people that we have, like Gavin Newsom. I mean, this guy's a clown. I mean, he's, I mean where did he come from? And Joe Biden, where did he come from? And they give us the worst quality candidates we could ever have. And then the good quality candidates, they marginalize, like Ron Paul. You know, they give everybody else three or four or five minutes to talk. They give him like 10 seconds. Okay, you've said your 10 seconds worth. Now you're done now. And he's like, okay, but I didn't say what I wanted to say. It didn't matter. You're not going to say anything else. We're done. You're not talking to us. And, 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 this, and this is it. And then, we, and then we realized that, you know, this Rothschild controlled banking system, if you run your mouth too much, they take you out if you're a top, top level guy. Right now, we have multiple financial executives committing suicide amid financial, China's financial crisis. As the Chinese Communist Party continues to purge its financial system, state media recently revealed that a number of bank executives have committed suicide or died suddenly. Yeah, died suddenly. That's the new term, isn't it? Oh, they died suddenly. That's nice. And, and we need to understand all of this crazy stuff. And then we realize that we have a shrunken arsenal and we have a massive decline of United States munitions in the United States for our own military. And since we started to realize that all that has gone to their Ukraine, like fighting the doggone war you know, that never ends, that Putin could have won, but it's now purging the population, supposedly. Let's change topics. Let's talk about a health thing real quick. Get off this negative stuff. Of course, it's pretty negative with this one too, but we'll, 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 think, we'll just give you guys an idea. I always tell you that I don't eat farm-raised salmon. Every time I go to a restaurant, if they have salmon on the menu, I say, is it farm-raised or is it, is it wild-caught? And invariably, the server has to go back and ask the chef. And invariably, they got to go back to the packaging and look at it and see if it's what it is. And if it says Atlantic salmon, it is farm-raised. Just thought I'd mention that to you. There are no more Atlantic salmon that basically spawn in the Atlantic. It's always going to be farm-raised. But this is an interesting article. It says, Salmon Wars, the dark underbelly of our favorite fish. And it says, it says, it says uh, this basically, this guy has gone into the deep waters of the international salmon farming industry, exposing the unappetizing truth about a fish that is not as good for you as you've been told. A decade ago, farmed Atlantic salmon replaced tuna as the most popular fish on North America's dinner tables, and we are told salmon is healthy, environmental friendly. 
Now, that's not true. In Salmon Wars, the book, investigative journalists from France and Collins bring readers to a massive ocean feedlots where millions of salmon are crammed into parasite-plagued cages and fed a chemical-laced diet. The authors relieved, revealed the conditions inside of the hatcheries where young salmon are treated like garbage and at the farms that, that had threatened our fragile coast. They draw colorful portraits of characters such as the big salmon farmer who poisoned his own backyard, the fly fishing activists who risk everything to ban salmon farms in Puget Sound, and the American researcher driven out by Norway by raising the alarm about dangerous contaminants of the fish. France and Collins document how the industrialization of Atlantic salmon threatens the keystone species, endangering our health and environment, and lines the pockets of the generation's version of big tobacco. They talk about the antibiotics and the parasites and all the rest of stuff in this book. And you guys can go ahead and read the rest of this if you'd like, and you can go and get a copy of that book if you want to read it. But I remember, I remember these have a show on TV called Boston Legal, and it was William William Shatner and James Spader. It was a really good show. I mean, it, it had really good dialogue, really good. It was a good show. I enjoyed watching it. And I remember one time because you know Shatner was famous for being you know hating Klingons in his Star Trek episodes, and I'll never forget this. They have parasites they were calling Klingons, like C L I N G O N S, Klingons. And I remember James Spader said to William Shatner in one of the episodes, they have Klingons on this, you know, on, the, on these fish. And well, Shatner looked up like he says, Klingons. <laughs> okay, I, I, need I digress? I had to give you some humor there. But it was funny to me that he said that. And the reality is that was like 20 years ago with that TV show. Now people are beginning to realize that you don't want to eat farm-raised salmon. It is filled with parasites. It's filled with antibiotics. And it's filled with injections. They're actually injecting this stuff with vaccines. So don't eat this mess. You're poisoning yourself with farm-raised salmon. You're better off to stay with grouper or red snapper. Now, I don't eat tuna because it's a skin fish. It's biblically forbidden. I don't eat mackerel. It's another skin fish. It's biblically forbidden. You know, I don't eat eels, and I don't eat octopus, and I don't eat catfish. I don't eat all that stuff that's biblically forbidden because they're skin fish. They don't have scales. But I do realize that wild caught is always the best. Here's the problem. We've decimated the wild fisheries all over the United States and all over the world, all the way over Cape Cod. We've decimated them in Alaska with Fukushima. So we're having an increasingly more difficult time in finding wild fish populations to consume. So it becomes a mess, hence why they're giving us bugs to eat and you know, growing insects for us to eat now so we can have a paste of crickets inside of our food. I mean, this is some sick stuff. But all of these people are out there doing this stuff all of the time. So you go to the restaurant. Order grouper, red snapper, orange ruffy. They're all good fish. Don't order farm-raised salmon ever. And we can put a stop to this pollution off the coasts and all the stuff they're doing with this farm-raised salmon. Or at least you can put a stop to poisoning yourself with all the antibiotics and injections that are put in these fish. But remember, God made this world to be in harmony with itself. He made the world a sustainable ecosystem. Lucifer hates that. He hates the fact that Jesus built this planet to be what it was with the teeming quantities of fish and teeming quantities of wildlife and aquatics and everything interacting in a, how should I say, a synergistic harmonic frequency in which everything coexists. He doesn't like that. He comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. Every time you look at what's happening in the world, you've got to take it back to the spiritual realm every single time. Because that's when you begin to realize that we've got to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus. Should we take care of our planet? Yes. Should we pollute our planet? No. 
these same clowns that are screaming to us about CO2 emissions are spraying us with barium and aluminum and poisoning the very soil that we're trying to grow crops on and forcing us to inhale this stuff through our oil faction system and giving us aluminum in our brains, causing Alzheimer's disease and senile dementia in the general population. But yet they scream about how we have to drive an electric vehicle and that we have to be a good little peasant and keep our mouth shut. Well, how about this? How about I'm a child of the Most High God? How about I was bought at a price? How about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? How about this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad at it? How about I will put on the full armor of God, and I will stand my ground, and I'll say no? How about I'll say no to farm-raised salmon? How about I say no to electric cars? How about I say no to all of this nonsense and continue to stand firm with what God told us and walk in harmony with nature and realize that human beings are not the problem on this world it's the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan that's the Kabbalist Luciferian that, that, that is controlling everything and is destroying the very planet that we live on because they want to destroy God's creation. How about we look at it like that and then look at the resiliency of God's creation? Now, he flushed it you know, thousands of years ago with Noah and started it over again, but here we go again. As it was in the days of Noah, shall it be upon my return is what Jesus said, and they're doing everything they can to destroy everything. That's why you stand with Jesus all the days of your life. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Yes, you're absolutely right about this. This is something that, you know, the farm rate salmon is an enormous problem health-wise. I've talked about it for years. I've done the same thing when I go places. I rarely will ever eat fish uh, at a regular restaurant. Now, a lot of times you can go and you could go to certain restaurants on either coast of Florida. And you can get stuff like grouper, you can get snapper, you can get sea bass, where a lot of times if you go to these um, restaurants that are off the coast, they'll get fresh fish, fresh caught fish every day. And they'll flat tell you, yeah, this is the fresh catch of the day. We just got it right out here. We just got it right off the Atlantic. But as far as just eating salmon in most restaurants, most restaurants, I would probably dare to say average restaurant, 97 to 98% of the time, it's going to be farm-raised salmon. Like that, pretty much any time you go to. Like I said, some of the dive restaurants where you're right off the right off the coast, right off the water, even close to it. I mean, there was one restaurant up by St. Augustine. I can't remember the name of it. It's really cool restaurant. Comes down this back road right off the water, and they used to have this uh, lightly crusted grouper they would get in when it was in season, and they'd bake it. And oh man, it was so fresh and so flaky. And we'd go there every time we were up in town. We got it. It was always absolutely delicious. I mean, big old thick fillet of it, and that stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's that's. I love fish like that. It's incredible. But anything else? That's another thing too. Like tilapia, all this awesome farm raising, and it's disgusting. If you ever want to do a little digging research, go look at what they look like at some of the the, the fish farms. And I mean, they're they're literally side by side, slapped together, shoved in there. I mean, they can't even move. They're just they're just kind of just all move around together. And you got to remember. There's no significant circulating water. I mean, they cycle the water, yes, but that's not the way fish were designed to be. So, I mean, they're sitting there basically, their poop and everything else in the water is all getting circulated through their gills and through their system. So they're very toxic. They're very high in heavy metals. They're very high in toxicity as far as other compounds. They're not healthy whatsoever, and they're essentially just fish farms. So, yeah, 100% stay away from that as well, especially when you're if you're really trying to stay healthy about what a lot of stuff is going on now. And what's interesting, too, there's another article that I saw speaking of health, and it said it was the top 10 COVID events of the year revealing the facts that essentially a lot of people 
have not looked at. And so I'm going to reiterate them kind of towards the end of the year now, you know, this weekend's New Year's. And 2023, without a doubt, has been the most revealing year of COVID and the COVID injections and the COVID, you know, RNA gene therapy technology and everything that's come about with it. And what's interesting there, here's the first one here in the top 10. This is really interesting. It says the FDA and the CDC find more COVID vaccine adverse events, including stroke. The documents released under the Freedom of Information Act found that the CDC detected hundreds of safety signals that Pfizer Moderna caused as far as the vaccines. This included adverse reactions of myocarditis and also multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children and ventricle dysfunctions in the heart. The U.S. FDA and CDC released a joint statement back at the beginning of the year declaring they detected these. However, they still thought that the risk outweigh uh, the reward outweighed the risk when it came to the protection of COVID, which is complete total life. Second one, vaccines cannot effectively control COVID. Fauci, after resigning, right when he was getting ready to resign, this information came out that essentially he was very vocal and encouraging vaccine uptake, pretty much demanding people regularly get it on TV, told everybody to get their booster. It was as simple as black and white. You're vaccinated, you're safe. You're unvaccinated, you're risk. Simple as that, Dr. Fauci said on MSNBC back when COVID was happening. Now, essentially, it comes out later on, week after his resignation at the end of 2022, on January 11th, as far as his resignation was at the end of 2022, January 11th, Fauci and two other researchers published a paper saying that essentially gained traction due to the comments on the effectiveness of vaccines and essentially said that the COVID, SARS-CoV-2 and other cold viruses have not to date been effectively controlled by licensed or experimental vaccines. Imagine that. Number three, Gold Standard Review finds evidence of masking uncertain. The Cochrane Library, widely considered the gold standard for systematic reviews, published a review on January 30th stating there was uncertainty about any effects of face masks preventing COVID. There was low certainty of evidence, meaning our confidence in the effect estimate is very limited, and the true effect may be very different from the observed estimate of the effect. And essentially, they went on to say there that masks don't work. There's no evidence at all showing that masks reduced COVID transmission whatsoever. Number four that we heard this year, repeated vaccination weakens the immune system, studies suggest. This was just scientific for decades, but again, this is something that they bothered to not tell anybody about and continue to lie, as we already knew a lot of this. They showed that multiple doses of the Pfizer-Moderna shots led to higher levels of antibodies called IgG4. growing body of research suggests these antibodies can make the immune system less reactive to COVID-19. 19 spike proteins and other viruses and more susceptible to potential damage. The first of these studies was published in January, an issue of science immunology. They found that a third dose of the RNA vaccine was linked to a massive increase in IgG4 subtypes in mice, which is responsible for tuning down the immune system to prevent immune overreaction. And essentially, this is what we talked about in detail, was that the more people get the shot, the sicker people are getting. This explains it why. Also, too, we looked into DNA contamination detected in RNA vaccines. In the spring of 2023, researchers found that RNA COVID-19 vaccines contain DNA fragments, including controversial SV40 genes previously undisclosed to the public. They discovered the DNA fragments were packaged in lipid nanoparticles with the RNA vaccine segments so the DNA could enter the cells. This also means the fragments pose a risk of being integrated into the cell's genome. This, this is crowded reading this now. I remember all this. I forgot about this part earlier. Pfizer never disclosed the SV40 information to the EMA. They gave them a plasmid map 
of what the plasma consists of with all the features labeled with the exception of the SV40 site. This is nuts. I'm going to post this whole article. So you can read through all 10 of these in total. Number six was that COVID vaccine injured people compensated. In April, the U.S. government compensated people for the COVID vaccine for the first time. Three people received compensation from the countermeasure, Countermeasures Injured Compensation Program. And essentially, under the CICP, people who survived their vaccine-induced injury can receive money for unreimbursed medical expenses and lost employment and income. As of December 1st, 10 people have been compensated for their injuries from the COVID-19 vaccine, which is insane. It's that low. However, that right there, in and of itself proves to you that the government is admitting this shot is causing health problems all the way that it was proved in court in order to get compensated. Even though it's a small amount of people, we know the percentage that ever gets compensated is minute because it's so difficult to do. Also, too, number seven, we now found that doctors can legally prescribe ivermectin for COVID-19. Two years after health authorities criticized and essentially told doctors they cannot use ivermectin for COVID-19, with some doctors' medical license being suspended for subscribing it, a lawyer, a lawsuit revealed that doctors actually could prescribe ivermectin as therapeutic for COVID. The FDA explicitly recognizes that doctors do have the authority to prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID. This is on August 8th in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. The court case against the FDA was brought by physicians who alleged that FDA social media posts discouraged ivermectin and essentially demanded that doctors not prescribe it. Number eight. Mass mandates return in August as new COVID vaccines approve, while at the same time, nothing's changing except people are getting sicker from the shot. He said, while no, no federal agencies reinstated the mass mandate, many workplaces, schools, and hospitals tried to bring it back in August due to the alleged rise in COVID cases. However, many people, including uh, hospitals, people refused to do it this time, and a lot of it came down to the fact that people were not going to comply. Even though the COVID cases were minimal at best, and a lot of them could not even be proved, they tried to push it back. But again, this is where we saw that pushback right before the COVID shot came out. Now, the big one I talked about, the final batch of Pfizer vaccine vaccine documents released by the FDA. I've gone into detail on that. That was a crazy one. The FDA's documents released show all types of significant issues, including serious risk of myocarditis. Emails from the FDA reveal team, review team revealed that the FDA was aware the vaccines were containing endotoxins and were causing all types of health problems. We also found that vaccines had several manufacturing problems, including flag batches that were still released to the public in various lots. The FDA's memo noted that there were various reports of death due to COVID-19 in patients reported to be fully vaccinated. It expected that there may be some cases of vaccine failure, and the FDA added the VAERS system cannot be used to conclude vaccine effectiveness. The FDA memos on licensing application of Pfizer contained comments wherein the FDA clinical reviewer stated that Pfizer data exceeds FDA expectations. However, to find out later on that the cardiac events reported during the trial were unlikely to be related to the vaccination, but then you roll back and realize that they admitted that the pericarditis and myocarditis is, could be a serious risk. But yet there was insufficient evidence to prove it. And they flip-flopped back and forth when the data showed very clearly there were health problems. The number 10 thing that we've learned is that not messenger RNA, but modified RNA vaccines form apparent proteins. While the COVID-19 vaccine on the market were advertised as messenger RNAs, meaning naturally occurring in the body, documents from Pfizer and studies 
showed that the actual RNA is used to modify RNA, not actually have a messenger RNA. And this is what we're talking about. RNA gene therapy is what it came down to. And this is one of the reasons why it induced so many health problems so quickly with people that got the shot. And so it's been confirmed now that enormous amounts of health problems have been coming around. And that's why the uptake of this last booster has been so minimal at best, because so many people are realizing the sad truth is that this has been a massive scam on the general population. This wasn't one person knew about this or a couple people in the FDA or a couple people in Pfizer. This was a giant scheme with thousands of people involved behind the scenes to pull off at the base level. I mean, at the very base buildup, thousands of people. Now, you had a lot of people that were probably just useful idiots, so to speak. I mean, they went along and they did this stuff and, you know, they did their whole thing and they just did what they were told. But there was a group of individuals that this whole thing was planned from that they literally put this together so they could try to cause as much damage to the general population and health problems. And the sad part about this is right now, this very minute, you have pediatricians giving the shot with all this data documentation and side effects. You have all these people giving these pediatricians, giving six-month-olds and older this shot right now, knowing this documents and these evidence and all this research has come out now, knowing this shot is not safe whatsoever. This is why the FDA had to give a shot emergency use authorization for six-month-olds and older for this new booster shot. And the question is, and I've asked so many people, this is why I've told people, if you do go to a pediatrician, you, you wake that pediatrician up or you ask them some very, very direct, aggressive questions. Where is the emergency use coming from from a needed standpoint as a true emergency for six-month-olds? Million-dollar question. Are we seeing six-month-olds and 12-month-olds and 18-month-olds coming down with horrific COVID-19 viruses and being hospitalized all over the country with millions of babies dying from COVID right now? The answer is absolutely not. It's not even an issue whatsoever. So if it's not an issue – why would you allow a completely experimental shot to be given emergency use authorization with no testing on children and say it's safe and effective for them, even though we have no idea if it's safe and effective? All the data and all the research actually says otherwise, but you need to add it on the schedule. There's only one reason, and it is not even money anymore because these guys made billions, hundreds of billions. In my opinion, this is to get the next generation so unbelievably sick and to cause so many Issues, especially when it comes to puberty and other issues as they get older, that nobody is going to question this shot five, ten years down the road. They're just going to start saying, oh, we're having this issue with more transgender children, more psychological problems with figuring out what they are. When a lot of these children are being given this stuff and have spike proteins throughout their body now for the rest of their life, and nobody's going to question it unless we stand up and ask the nasty questions that nobody wants to ask. If we stand up and push back and say, we're not going to allow these children to be used as guinea pigs anymore. Honestly, I guess you could say we're past the guinea pig phase. This is a concerted direct effort going directly after our kids. This is no more guinea pig. You can't blame this on testing anymore or research. The data shows the shot isn't safe. The data shows what it does to the body. The data shows the spike proteins are massively stored in the ovaries of the testes, especially in young children with what we see now in uh, small mice and other studies that they've seen. So again, get this truth out there. Get this research out here. Continue to ask the questions and push the agenda of the truth every single day. What do you think, Deb? 
It's eugenics is what it is. It's um, worshiping their snake god. We talked about the snake people yesterday. It's, it's, the, it's the group that runs the planet. It's the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, ancient Canaanite religion, weirdos, wackos, who work with Masonic lodges and other secret societies in order to you know, do machinations behind the scene to control everything. They want to have a transgender population. They want to have hermaphrodites. They want to honor their god. That all, it all boils back down to their god named Dinesoff. That's who it is. And people don't even realize this. It's, it's just it's, it's a it's a spiritual war. It's a satanic death sex cult that runs the planet. We repeat that. It's a satanic satanic sex death cult that runs the planet. That Jeffrey Epstein was directly involved in. And Jelaine, you know, Vigo was directly not Vigo, whatever her name was. Jelaine Maxwell was involved in. And all of these different people are part of that at the highest levels. And their initiation is like to be made, I guess. They've got to sacrifice somebody or sacrifice a child or whatever they've got to do. It's like the one banker a few years ago said. And all of this stuff is happening underneath their eyes. Remember that movie, The Sound of Freedom with Caviezel? And we saw the huge you know, you know, know, sex cult rituals that were going on and all the different children that are being trafficked. It's all part of this. You know, We have the seedy underbelly of Satan that runs the planet, and he's just a low-life piece of crap is what he is. And he, he, he ruined the first world that God made, you know, with his greed, and then didn't try to take over heaven. I mean, this has been going on for a long time, guys. This, this isn't something that happened last week. This is, you know, this is tens of thousands of years. I covered it in angel wars. And, and this is the same group now that's here on this planet doing their penance, or I guess you could say they're on probation. They're out on lock for a little bit until they end up in a lake of fire. And so they're here, you know, trying to corrupt as many people as they possibly can to destroy God's creation. But God gave us freedom of will down here to decide on what we were going to do if we're going to worship him or worship the evil one. So he, he gave us a choice. He says, you know, here's he, – he, I, love, I love the Old Testament in this part. I believe it's in Deuteronomy where he starts talking about the laws. And he said, look, if you don't – if you follow these laws, okay, you're going to live long and you're going to prosper and you're going to be super wealthy and you'll be super healthy. I'm paraphrasing. And now he says, now if you don't, you're going to be dying of sickness and disease and all these horrible things are going to happen to you. And you basically end up you know, going to hell. He doesn't say that, but that's what he implies. And all of this stuff happens to you because you don't listen. And he goes, now, so I, so I set before you today. Now I set life or death. And I'm, I'm telling you, you can pick which one you want. You can pick the life, you can pick the death. You've got to choose. If you've got freedom of choice, I'm giving you that here on this planet. I won't interfere with your freedom of will. And then he goes, but you need to choose life. I mean, he gives you the cliff notes. And then he says, okay, but I'm telling you right now, you need to choose life. It's like we just did a minute ago. You want to eat farm-raised salmon? Choose death? Knock yourself out. You know, I don't think you will after you heard the article that I read, but the reality is is that you know people will still eat farm-raised salmon regardless of what I said. People will still eat pork regardless of how bad I tell you pork is. People will still do all of these things even though we tell you how bad they are, but they're going to continue to do them because they're going to choose death over life. Yeah, it's just the way it is, and people don't understand that. We've been get, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the little interesting thing. You know, the angels lost their freedom of will after the rebellion. They can't do that anymore. You know, the, third, the two-thirds that are still with God, they just do what they're told now. They're ministering spirits to us. They've got to do what they're told, and we can actually dispatch them. You can read that in the Bible and, and basically have them stay around us and protect us, et cetera, et cetera. We have that kind of ability. So all of these things are part of the world that we live in. And the world that was, was no more, is no more, the one we talked about with angel wars. But here we are in the middle of this mess again. So what, would, what do we need to do? We need to proclaim the glory of God Almighty from the rooftops all the days of our life. And we need to realize this planet is not what we think it is. It really is. I was talking to this person the other day, and they told me they think we kind of live in the matrix. 
and that you know, and and, and then the Bermuda Triangle may be part of the matrix as far as going in other dimensions and realms and all the other stuff. And I thought it was an interesting conversation. And so then I see this thing from Helen Stadies today that says that this this ghost ship has been found now by the Cubans. It says lost cargo ship the SS Cotopaxi came back after ninety years question mark. Now I'm not saying this is real. I'm just saying this is what they're quoting on right now. The Cuban Coast Guard has said that they had captured a ghost ship heading for the island, which is acknowledged to be the SS Cotopaxi. Was gone missing 90 years from the day on December 1925, and it's just been associated with tales of the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. So, is this a true story or not? Or is it coming out of Castro's Cuba? I don't know. Is, is all of this stuff part of this? You know, the ship was all abandoned since ages, and after extensive research, they finally managed to find the captain's logbook. So, whether any of this is true or not, I have no idea, but I find it intriguing because I know the Bermuda Triangle is real. I've, I've read so many different things about that. I know that we have all kinds of weird vortices on this planet that do all kinds of weird things. And I've talked about that when I've talked to th- about this a few weeks ago. I did, this th- I did a show on the 13 dimensions of time space. By the way, if you haven't listened to that show, you need to go back and go through the archives and listen to it. It's really good. But the reality is this. None of this matters to us. <laughs> we, we're sealed. We're bought at a price. We have basically received grace from the creator of the universe Whatever happens here in this holographic universe that we live in on this planet, this prison planet, we're locked up with these angels right now. Whatever happens here doesn't make any difference long-term wise. If you're going to live a billion years, just to give a number on it in heaven, which all eternity is longer than that, what difference does it make if you live 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years here? It's insignificant. So the reality is that's why we have to always think about the relationship that we have with God. God doesn't judge us by our actions if you're saved. He doesn't see those things any longer unless you're doing something very egregious like blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Then it gets his attention. But as Christians, we've been bought at a price. So God only sees Christ before us, standing before us. You know, so we don't go through the white seat of judgment that will be given you know, blessings in heaven based upon what we were able to do here. I believe all that. But the truth of the matter is that's what grace is. Our, he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and then we get to go to heaven. What a neat, what a neat deal he gave us. I mean, how incredible that the creator of the universe wanted to have a relationship with us and gave us this kind of deal. It's a good deal. Everybody needs to take it. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I'll finish it up and I'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. Sounds good. Yes, exactly right. There's a lot of things that everyone needs to be continually getting out there on a regular basis and getting the truth out there and keeping everyone healthy. And this, what we're seeing now, these aspect of constant chaos is designed to keep people distracted it's what they do that's why you're seeing these you know blocking airports and storming government buildings and all these different things now these you know pro-palestine aspects and you know to me i'm starting to realize and i'm starting to look again this is just another cover-up for more antifa this is more chaos this is the same groups we saw that were rolling around during covid where everybody was locked down, you couldn't run your business, you couldn't even go anywhere unless it was essential to the store, you were an essential worker, you had to shut down everything, but you had Antifa and BLM terrorists running around, burning down cities with tens of thousands of people protesting all across the country, and it was totally okay for them. You have the same exact people now. They're just theater, the the, the Bolsheviks, and now you've got pro-Palestine, pro-Palestine this. I've told you guys before, I couldn't care about either one of those countries over there, period. Don't care. Not my problem. If people were more concerned about the United States and were focused on what was going on with a directed, funded invasion of the southern border, 
with military-age males from all over the country, maybe it would actually do something a little bit more effective. I know guys that are involved in law enforcement and guys that are having issues with this right now. Is this, this is a true planned invasion of the United States, yet everybody wants to go, oh, Israel and Palestine, Ukraine, we've got to watch the television every day and go protest these countries over there. How about we everybody start protesting what's going on at the border? How about you start getting together these areas? Would you start getting their local people together and start doing this? How about people start doing that? Oh no, that's that's you can't do that. That's we're we're gonna ignore that. Why? It's because these groups aren't organic. These groups that are protesting are not organic one single bit. They're they're exactly like Antifa was, exactly like BLM was, exactly like all these groups that have been done for hundreds of years. When you need terrorists, when you need domestic terrorists essentially to come in and start doing protests and start fighting and shouting and catching things on fire and doing all these illicit behaviors, you need groups. And that's what they've done time and time and time and time and time again to keep the agenda running. This is why you're seeing so much of this happening again because it's designed to cause more problems. Most of these people, I can guarantee you, they're paid actors. They're paid theater. They're picking them up. They're giving them 20, 30, 30, 25, 30, 40, 50 bucks an hour, just like they do with Antifa, just like a lot of the BLM were. And they're giving them money to go out there and do stupid stuff like stand on the road or protest this or protest that and brainwashing them. Again, why aren't you seeing any protest with literally millions of people coming across the border? Why is nobody in mainstream media or even most social media platforms asking, digging in, saying, Who's funding this? I've been trying to look for weeks now. It's so difficult. A lot of this is Soros foundations when you go back to the basis of it. Who's funding 25,000 people now that are walking up to the border? Just, I mean, just a million-dollar question. You got you know, 15,000 people, 20,000, wherever the number is. You're, you're talking about – I mean you're talking about what? Tens of millions of calories every single day. Just for them to be functioning on like 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, that's bare minimum to be able to walk all day just to function. You're talking tens of millions of calories all day, every single day, Twenty to thirty to 40,000 meals as far as people are having to eat. I mean you're not, you're not eating a granola bar and a bottle of water once a day basically and walking 2,000 miles. That ain't happening. I'm telling you right now, by the time you get anywhere, you're going to weigh 70, 80 pounds and be falling over, killed over. You're, you're, you're going to be dead. These people at the border, you notice none of them look anorexic, none of them look like they haven't been eating good, just just don't throw that out there. Do the research, get the truth out there, figure out what's really happening, and constantly keep me updated on stuff and any news and updates you get. I always appreciate the feedback from my customers and listeners. You guys have a fantastic evening. Continue to get the truth out there. I love you guys. I appreciate y'all. Healthmasters.com, the vitamin C formula on sale right now as product of the week for 13% off. Be sure to check it out at healthmasters.com and take advantage of it. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 